The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide, part two. driving away 
He walked away from the funeral and stood beside the street, inside the cemetery, and blew us a kiss when we went by. God, you know, it was his sister. I guess he was thanking us for being her friend. I don't know. But... It makes me sad and makes me feel better at the same time, you know. But at that moment, thank God my wife and I both cried for quite a while driving home, you know. That was her brother. Her brother that she was closest to. Donna didn't, or my wife didn't know that. I did. She had talked about him enough, you know. When he introduced himself to me, I knew he was the youngest brother. And to follow us, you know, to leave everyone there at the gravesite and follow us as far as he did and then wait for us to get our car and come back by and he blows a kiss. You know, I know her husband and as far as I know, she was still married at the time of her death. He's a farm boy, like a lot of others, you know, I grew up with. Sure, and I got to know him better after that, believe it or not. Yeah, I talked to him many times after Donna died. I didn't go looking for him, but if I saw him, you know, it probably never crossed his mind for a second that I would have done something like that. And, you know, eventually he probably knew everything I knew, maybe even more. And uh, I haven't talked to him now since I quit working, I'm sure of that. But I think he got remarried and had more children. Seems like he may have told me that long, long ago. But I mean, Donna talked about him and they asked me, uh, do, you, do you and Donna call each other besides at work? I go, I don't remember ever doing that. I wouldn't bother her at all. I see her at work every day. You know, they, they were they were there, they were trying to put something together for an affair. God, what kind of person kills somebody there? I even told the cops, God, I think my wife knows that Donna and I went out for dinner once into the Kiwanis Club thing, and then we'd see each other at the bank picnic and stuff, but my wife was always with me. My wife was never jealous of Donna for an instant. And I think I might have told the cops when they kept hitting that, I go, just quit it, you know? <laughs> we wouldn't even be working together if there was anything between us. We would have straightened that out before she came to work at the bank. Because I remembered when she called me, she asked that. And I thought it was kind of strange that she asked, but I go, no, no, actually, you know, I felt like we sailed that long ago. We weren't each other's type by any stretch of the imagination. Her dad asked me that too. Well, why didn't you and Donna really date? I don't, I don't think either of us really ever thought about it, you know? It just wasn't like that. We trusted each other, socialized together, everything else, you know. It's kind of like one of the army buddies. All your time with that group of people. 
but yeah, there was nothing like any reason for suspicion, but those guys, I was the first one on the scene, they were trying to make a case out of nothing, you know, so they dredged at every little detail, and there was nothing to hide long before she got married, quite a while, because our daughter was born in 90, Justine must have been born in 89, and there's five years in between there. I don't think she ever mentioned his name or anything else, but I heard uh, after she died, quite some time after she died, one of the bank employees knew him and knew that he had been in prison and told me that she and Donna had seen him. And I'm sure that that girl told Donna about his record. Or that's what I assumed at the time. I didn't ask her. But I didn't even know that he'd been in prison before. That was around the time he was arrested. I don't know if it was before or after. But another bank employee told me that she and Donna had seen him. And I just assumed when she told me that, that she probably told Donna about his record. And Donna, if he ever tried to ask Donna out, not he'd been in prison, Donna would have shot him down somehow in a heartbeat. He's probably resentful for that or something. I don't know. That's what I thought way back then. I kind of forgotten that because that was pretty unimportant and that would have been back in 1993. You know, January or February of 93, one of the bank employees told me that. And that was when I may have already knew that he was the prime suspect, but of course that was way before the trial and all that. Yeah, he was a suspect in my mind, either shortly before she told me that or shortly after. It really doesn't matter which one, but I had heard of him before I heard about the... I'd never heard of him at the time Donna died, I'm just sure of that. But maybe I had. You know, you hear people's names, but I still remember hearing of him until I kind of knew the whole story and knew what he had done before. And that's when I think he had already been arrested. She never told me anything like that. And I would certainly like to think that she never got alone with that man until he broke in the apartment. You know, she just... She would never have endangered herself or her child. So if she knew that he had been in prison, and actually my understanding was for rape, yeah, no, Donna would, if she knew anything about him, she would, there would have been no relationship. She was, she was more cautious than not that stupid. To put herself and Justine in danger, no, just she couldn't have. May have said there was a relationship. I doubt if anybody close to her did. Well, he didn't get executed, but if they needed somebody to 
throw the switch. I knew enough to do it. I knew enough I would have done it. And uh, I really never believed in the death penalty too much, but if the evidence is that good, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Charles Manson should have hung around quite so long. There are some people just so evil that I would a hell of a lot rather execute them for all they've done and so they couldn't do it again than take a shot at some poor innocent Vietnamese, you know. I've killed a lot of animals. You do it on a farm. My first pets were food for somebody, you know. They were livestock that we showed at the fairs. That's pretty hard for me for a while when I was a little kid, but eventually, you know, you just, okay, that's the way of the world, and once you get trained to go to war, you know you're going to have to do it to defend yourself, and you may not be happy about it, but there you are, and as far as the death penalty, there are people that are just so evil, and the evidence is so clear that I think probably the world's a better place without him. And I'm probably going to think about this after we hang up, you know. I didn't tell you anything that I haven't told several other people at times, you know, but... I would never want to say anything that could put Donna in a bad light because I never saw anything in all the years I knew her that would, or heard anything that would put Donna in a bad light, you know? Quite a few things she didn't have to tell me, but nothing that ever made me think any less of her, you know? And I guess I wasn't surprised surprised that someone saw her wearing what they thought was a short dress I don't know when it was, but it got, she was a pretty young lady with long legs. Uh, I, I don't think she dressed any differently than anybody else, as far as I know. I mean, she hadn't been out of college very long then. I don't know how old she was when Don, when Justine was born, but I thought she was probably fresh out of college when I met her, and that would have been in 84, I think. I had to be in 84, because that's when I went to work at the law firm. And I'm pretty sure I met her on the very first day that I showed up at work at Claude Lloyd Barnardville. Chet told me where to go to get an apartment and where to go to open a bank account. And I did. That was nice. That worked out well. Too many people get too much of this. It'd probably be like uh, someone trying to crack a joke in line at Kroger. Somebody tries to turn it into something else. I wish someone would make a movie about my friend who was murdered, and not so much Donna, but Roy Frakes, the U.S. Marshal. There's an article about Roy in the Peoria Journal Star by Mike Luciani, who's a well-known writer over there. And he came to Kiwanis Club years after that. So I sat across from him and I said, I want you to know that I still remember your article about Roy Frakes. He said, Roy Frakes? I said, do you know the U.S. Marshal that was killed at the federal courthouse in Chicago? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I said, the last line of that article was, Everybody remembers Bill as a kid from Avon who always did the best he could. 
of anyone that I've ever laid eyes on that needed dying, yeah, I put Donald Bull pretty high on the list. He was really a stupid person, Every a lot of people told me later. I don't think he finished high school or any of that. But he was a pretty good-looking guy and lifted weights in uh, prison like they all did. And uh, So, yeah, I hope you can do some good with this. Arm with it, and it gets back to me. I'm going to haunt you. But if you can do some good for an innocent person with this, I'll be grateful and thankful. Gothic is a production of Lonebird Media in association with CZ Studio and Radio Verite. The show is produced by August Olson, editing, directing, and producing by Corey Zimmerman, audio mastering and engineering by E. Mastered. Research is done by Anne Marie Cannon, Chelsea Mesa, and me, Jinra Illustrissimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman. You can follow the show at czstudio.works and read the blog at spoonrivergothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or a review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide. <laughs>